Welcome to Heartlines, this is Shane and this is episode 71. Now, this season we are talking about beverage and I'm talking with people from different beverage producers around Ireland. Now, if you're interested in the subject, please let leave me a review. Also, if you're enjoying listening to Heartlines, you can also follow me wherever you get your podcast. Also, I'm on Instagram at Heartlines Podcast. Now, for this episode, I want us to learn more about gin and other spirits. So, I invo- invited boss lady at Still Garden Distillery in Dublin. So without further ado, please welcome to the show, Vicky Bird. How are you doing today, Vicky? How are you doing? I'm good, Shane. Thanks so much for having me on the show. No, no worries. So, Vicky, let's get into it, okay? So uh, tell me about your background. Like, what's your experience before entering your like, business you do today? Yeah, so um, I haven't worked in the drinks industry until about four or five years ago. Um, I was always kind of working in company management uh, in various different industries. So mm. um, talking like healthcare, retail in the UK before I moved here and um, also worked for the Irish Times for a short while. Um, Been in Ireland for more of my adult life than I have in the UK, so about 25 years. Um, Yeah, very, very happy, love it here. So that's uh, um, kind of, I suppose, you know, a very brief history of where before me me starting up Still Garden. And then um, met my husband here as well a few years ago. He's involved in Rascals Brewing, and also he was involved in the Dublin Liberties Distillery, which was then called Dublin Whiskey Company, which he sold to Quintessential Brands a few years ago. We actually lived in that building when we first started dating um, and first kind of moved in together. So we kind of built a loft apartment in there. It was good fun. He's a builder. So um, (laughs) he he dabbles in the spirits and the, and the drinks industry, but he's a, he's a full-time builder by trade. Okay. But yeah, I just kind of was really interested in what he was doing and wanted to get in on the act. And when the building in Intercore came up, we moved Rascals into four fifths of it and we took one fifth and once they were up and running, we started Still Garden together. So, um, yeah, I'm obviously working full time there. Uh, my husband, Pat, is is kind of a, a founder, but still working full time in building. So it's my baby. So is your background like business and management? Is that really kind of? Yeah, basically, like yeah. Um, I worked, as I say, um, kind of in international companies, mm. an energy company, which was kind of spanned across Africa, Eastern Europe um, and then. A, a couple of other places in Europe, in Netherlands and UK, and then um, yeah, various other industries. So I, before I moved here, I had a, my own retail industry, uh, my own retail business in the UK, which mm-hmm. was um, kind of convenience stores. Um, so I'm kind of kind of au fait with the, the kind of a retail sort of side of things, which is obviously what we do in the distillery. One of the elements of the distillery. Um, one of my passions, I guess, is also socializing and, and having fun and organizing events. So with the visitor center in Still Garden Distillery, it gives me that opportunity to kind of create new events and to find things that people want to do. For example, we started off with the visitor center really just being a gin school mm-hmm. um, distilling academy, we called it because not everybody wants to make gin. Some people make vodka or sambuca or things like that. So then I kind of was like, you know, there's a lot of kind of different um things out there I was doing my research in other countries and you know so I introduced an afternoon tea with a gin tasting excuse me um introduced a cocktail masterclass element which also uh, we do in the gin school um experience um we do kind of Irish spirits tasting so modern Irish spirits is what we're we're very good at making we uh we don't use traditional distillation techniques we use something called vacuum distillation to make a lot of our spirits which takes the flavor out of the botanicals at um, a lower temperature. So it's a lot crisper and cleaner. Um, obviously, most to dis- distilleries will use, I suppose, traditional pot still 
um, methods, which is boiling. Um, so we, we do still have, have a pot spill still, but we kind of like to kind of blend the two, um, which makes a lovely kind of different flavor. And where are you from? I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I can't place your accent. Where are you from the UK? I'm from Bristol. Ah, Bristol. Yeah. So you, you must have been to Glastonbury over the years, have you? No, I never went. I was what? always, um, I was always studying. I was quite mm. a spot when I was younger, and it was always <laughs> during revision time. Yeah. So I've never been, but I've been to lots of different festivals, and I've been to Electric Picnic loads. And um, nice. yeah, I love, uh, I love festivals. But I came to festivals very late in life, I have to say. I went to some festivals, but you're right. I might, I'd love to get back into going to festivals. I think it's a good buzz, but I couldn't do the. I need to do glamping. I can't be doing the slumming. Yeah, again, you know what I mean? no, I'm, <laughs> I'm the same. Yeah. <laughs> So you're from Bristol, yeah. I was thinking, I was yeah. wondering, yeah, cool, lovely. I've never been to Bristol. It's a big city, it's, I believe. It's it's not big. It's it's quite. I suppose it's, it's one of the. I think it's fifth or sixth in the UK, but it's a okay. lovely size. You can walk around it. But for food and drink, it's really really amazing. Like there's loads of breweries, distilleries, amazing restaurants. It's a really cool kind of very eclectic city. Yeah. Um. You know, very much um full of arts and and stuff like that. Like where when you're walking around, there's loads of culture there too. My husband. Um, he's actually originally from Manchester, uh, yeah. but he loves going to Bristol and just doing like a walk around and finding kind of crazy things, um, which you wouldn't find probably if you just went on some sort of tour bus or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, and yeah, like I say, if you go down by the water there, there's loads of amazing kind of food offerings. Um, you can actually kind of do like maybe a starter in each and have lots of different kind of food experiences along, along the river there. So no, I love going back, um, but I love Dublin too. I mean, it's just such a great city. Again, we, we love kind of pottering and walking around and finding things which we wouldn't normally find. And Dublin is a great city to do that in because it's not too big either. Yeah, I mean, like Bristol is down, down in the southwest, okay? And you go further down south, you got Somerset and Devon and Cornwall. They're known for like food and cheese and yeah. soy. Has that inspired you? Like over the years, have you have you vacated down there when you're younger? Down down the south. Yeah, actually, my my father used to live in Cornwall as well, mm. so I used to go there quite regularly. Um, and it's always one of those things you kind of um, you know you kind of go to places that are kind of easy to get to, aren't, aren't they? And yeah. and Cornwall, yeah, it's just beautiful. I mean, it kind of reminds me of Ireland in a way. You know, down the southern part of Ireland, there's a lot of similarities there. Um, but yeah, love. Love all of the West Country um, and love traveling around Ireland too, um, as well yeah. because um, there's lots to see here. Uh, we we have a we have a doggy we like to bring with us um, on our travels, and um, yeah, so uh, we love kind of I suppose getting an Airbnb somewhere with, which allows allows animals and just doing lots of adventuring. Yeah, that's good. Now, as it, exactly, it shows you your adventure is taking you over to Ireland. Okay, so we were talking before we came on uh, about your you know, you have so much to offer regards to the garden. Where, like, mm -hmm. did you have to, did you and your husband work together to figure out, you know, what type of experience you work with or did you work with experiential teams or whatever to get to that point of, you know, getting those experiences off the ground? Like how, how it, did it That out? was just really me. Um, it's not really his kind of forte. Um, yeah. The gin school was something we, we had kind of put in the original business plan and done a bit of research ourselves in places in the UK and and um, um, Ireland as well, just to see what was on offer. Um, so we've made ours, I suppose, a little bit more in depth than a lot of the other ones. It mm. lasts for needed two and a half to three hours. It includes a cocktail masterclass. It includes a, a tour of our botanical garden, which I'll tell you about in a second. Yeah. Um, it includes a tour, uh, includes a gin tasting, and then obviously also making your own bottle of gin or, or vodka or whatever spirit you like to make. Um, we've 132 bottles on the wall that you can pick from. Um, usually. You can pick maybe sort of between nine and 12, we say, different ingredients. 
um, but all the bottles um, are kind of classified as well into citrus, floral, spice, but we have our crazy section in the middle, which is experimental. So you can either choose Tato or King cheese and onion crisps to put in your <laughs> drink, or you can have Barry's or Lion's tea in your drink. Nice. We, also, we also switched that out um, sort of for seasonal ingredients. So for example, at Christmas, we'll put candy cane, quality street, things like that. So people can kind of come and do the experience again and again, and just make different things. Um, like for example, at, in, at Valentine on Valentine's week, we had love heart sweets in, in, a, in a jar people could use. So um, always trying to think of things a little bit outside the box, a little bit different. It, and it kind of um, it creates that kind of like sense of you know you know potato crisps is very Irish and berries and love hearts yeah. even in the UK you know swizzle yeah. kind of thing so it creates that kind of sense of like love and kind of affection and, and kind of memories you know what I mean yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah no it's just uh, just doing something a little bit different but mm. um, yeah I mean coming back I suppose to the garden that was something that kind of organically grew a little bit out of COVID being locked down, but also we found this area of wasteland at the entrance to Golden Bridge where our um, distillery is uh, situated. And my husband got a digger and basically flattened it all out. And we worked with um, a company called Green Edge who um, do garden design, great, great people to work with um, and created a linear garden, planted it up with botanicals. Um, we have a, we've a bug hotel there. Um, and it's become somewhere we can grow things, but also we can have um, areas to keep the kind of um, the pollinators happy as well. So the botanicals there that we grow, we can't, we obviously can't grow everything. It's Ireland um, for our drinks, but we grow as much as possible. And we use the vacuum distillation technique to make, um, I suppose, essences with those botanicals, particularly mm -hmm. mint and, and lavender would be very much one at the forefront um, that we would grow there. And that means we can use quite a small amount of the ingredients to go a very long way to make flavorsome essences that we can then blend in our drinks. Mm. So for example, um, I suppose the social gin was one of our first drinks. It's our flagship gin. Um, that was created with a group of uh, that we call the social botanists. So these are people we recruited in the local area and also out of work bartenders during COVID. They were given grow boxes by ourselves to grow at home, um, the botanicals. And then once the botanicals were too big to be growing in the boxes, they were brought back down and planted into the garden. Once they were ready to be harvested, we brought back that same group of people to decide on the final flavor profile of the gin. So it's very much um, a very socially sourced gin. The leading botanicals in that is, is are the mint and lavender that I mentioned earlier. So mm. a really nice floral gin that works very, very well. Um, for, with a very light tonic it's, it's very delicious so I obviously I'm biased but you know <laughs> right as well <laughs> I mean you, like you lean to the gin I mean I might be wrong in saying but do you think more women drink gin or is it, is it a split down the middle what do you think I think I think yeah I think it's fair to say that you know more women would drink gin mm. I suppose the gin was our initial products that we released mm. um we then kind of because we had more time to do R&D and um, more time to play around in our R&D lab, we have a lab called Lab 8 where we make all of our products and we, we kind of play around and, you know, tweak them to get them right. Sure, we started right. delving into our versions of the Irish aperitivos. So we first of all came out with an Amaro, which is, um, I guess, the nearest product to a Campari, which people might not um, would be more familiar with. Yeah. So you can use that to make a Negroni. Um, but what we really wanted to do was do something that was going to kind of give uh, the Irish audience an, uh, an, an alternative to Aperol. So we created Verissimo, which is a berry-based spritz aperitif. And you mix that with bubbles and um, soda to make a, a lovely Irish spritz. Um, so 
yeah, that was one of the um, one of the products we're really proud of. We won silver at the Irish Food Awards for that last year, and also the London Spirits Awards last year. Um, we do every year um, a campaign called Summer of Spritz, which we kicked off last weekend at Happy Days Festival, uh, which Rascals ran in Inchicore down here. And we will be doing lots of events throughout the summer now. There'll be either activations within bars or they'll be at festivals um, or, or kind of just activations within our own distillery as well. So um, anyone interested in getting to try those spritz aperitivos, if they haven't already, keep an eye out on our socials for, for all the events because they'll all be publicised. We've won next week in the Circular Bar in Rialto on the 12th of May. Um, I'm also doing a talk there with um, with uh, the Culture Data Dublin 8 um, events down there. So lots going on. Very yeah, good. Yeah. Very, very busy. I love the way the area, because I'm, I'm from Thailand myself, and there's not distilleries out my way, but like there's more distilleries... Um, production going on in the city center let's say you know like as in like ex experiential home stuff like that so how did you land on Inchicore and how has it how has the local area received um I know Rascals is next door so how, how has yeah. the local area received uh, having a gin distillery and a brewery cannabis yeah system? I mean I think um the Inchicore um aspect was it's, it's Dublin 8 but it is you know mm. it is a little bit um sort of further out but yeah. um still right next to the Lewis which is great for us yeah. um yeah, so the building itself um, was kind of taken over by Rascals, but they took four fifths and there was one fifth left. Um, as I'm, My husband's actually involved in Rascals. So once mm -hmm. Rascals was up and running um, and, and kind of doing really well, uh, we then decided to, just, uh, to, kind, of, to um, kind of set up Still Garden in, in the rest of the building. So that's kind of how, it's, how it occurred. How we've been received has been brilliantly, actually. I mean, I think the, the local area, uh, the local people in the area love the fact that we have, I suppose, transformed an estate that would have probably been a bit too scary to walk around at night previously. Um, now it's more like a social, um, I suppose, a social estate. Um, mm. There's a, there's still some traders at the back, but, you know, towards the front, you've got food trucks, you've got ourselves, you've got rascals, you've got the climbing centre, you've got gyms, you've got a creche. Um, so lots kind of going on more to the social aspect and and with people comes policing so the area is a lot more safe um you know you would kind of find kind of uh, i suppose the anti-social behavior that you might have found here before mm. um and it was also great you know I, I know covid was was terrible and lots of bad things but there were some things that you know helped us meet people in the area because people were walking within their 2k or their 5k and finding us and and being able to kind of come and have a chat and say what you're doing here what's going on so you know we got to meet loads of people that way which probably wouldn't have happened if they'd been at their their work you know their workplace nine to five Monday to Friday so you know that I suppose was a, a benefit of, of what happened during COVID and the lockdown yeah yeah absolutely now when did you when when did, when did you first open the doors of Vistula Garden <laughs> we had our inv invitations printed for March 2020 um and we were like I think it was just after Paddy's Day we were going to launch. Yeah. Tried to send them out and we were went into lockdown. And we were like, oh, sure, it'd be grand. It's only two weeks, you know, mm. maybe four. We'll, we'll just postpone it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. We eventually, I suppose, sold our first bottle of spirit in June 2020. Um, the garden actually worked very well with us in the sense that we could kind of do socially distant outdoor tours um, once things were a little bit more eased. Um, and give people garden tours so that was our that was one of our I suppose our first add-on tours that we hadn't originally planned for um you know it's 10 euro you get a drink and you get a garden tour for like 20 minutes um you get to learn about the botanicals 
and that's really popular sort of during lockdown. I suppose as well, we developed the, the outdoor terrace, which we wouldn't have done normally, um, I suppose, in the grand scheme of things. We may have come to that conclusion eventually, but we were kind of forced into it with outdoor dining, dining type, um, I suppose, rules and restrictions. So yeah, I mean, you know, that was kind of a, a great kind of way to, I suppose, softly open. Um, I think we were allowed, we, we put booths into the gin school area, and I think you we were allowed to have kind of half 50% of occupancy at one point, but then they kind of closed again. It's hard to remember now the exact line of events with that, mm. but we did we did actually get people in, I think, doing some of the gin schools, I think in July 2020, but I think then it got closed again um, when things got worse. But so we've been open and closed um, throughout since sort of June 2020, I guess. Yeah. And what was the name? Like what, what the story of the name, like how did you come up with the name Still Garden or what was it just quite simple we've got a still we've got a garden <laughs> <laughs> okay i should have saw that yeah <laughs> i thought it was so something you just brought with you yeah <laughs> yeah i mean when i go and do trade shows i bring like little mini stills and i bring like plants i'm like this is why we're called this so it's mm. quite uh, easy then to explain why <laughs> that's interesting okay i should have seen that yeah <laughs> all right but you have a garden yes yeah. so you actually had to like you had to kind of like cultivate that garden a bit more like it wasn't you're in kind of locationally you're in kind of a little bit off Inchcore kind of town center so there's more businesses around that kind of like industrial businesses sort of thing isn't it yeah I mean we're guerrilla gardening I'll be honest it's not our land we've just made a, a piece of wasteland into a yeah. lovely garden we have a, yeah. we have a gardener on on our books full-time gardener uh stroke brand ambassador working for us so um he organizes to uh, week, um, week, not weekly meets up, fortnightly meet up, meetups with the social botanist groups. So we've got like, I think a few hundred people signed up to that group now. Um, that's growing every every kind of month, week. And they meet up, they either do foraging, wildlife walks, gardening or community cleanups um, on a Sunday morning, every two weeks. And then at the end of it, they get uh, rewarded by a lovely drink on our terrace. Nice, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. That's good, that's good. Uh, like a bit, a bit of work and a, a, few, a few nice, uh, refreshing drink. Now, do you have any bees on site or no? We did have bees on site, but we had to move them because they do like the, the peace and quiet. And mm. where they were, it was too kind of, I suppose, too noisy and too public with, with the kind of trucks. So unfortunately they've gone, but we are really trying to find somewhere else to fight, to put bees in because our gardener was trained to be a beekeeper. And so mm. he's all ready to go once we find the right place for them. Um, but yeah, we don't at the moment. Sad, we do miss our bees because yeah. we gave them names and everything. So. <laughs> my friend's mad at the bees like i wanted to have him on but he's, he's too shy but uh oh. he he has like thousands of bees and they're very they're very interesting creatures you know yeah, like the, yeah, the yeah. worker bees like survive for like six weeks and then the queen they select the queen bee over the thousand of bees and and like they they're always protecting each other and they're just they're very industrious but they they like they like, like peace and quiet they like mm -hmm. to come and go as they please and it's around like an area where it's loud it's probably not good for you yeah, yeah 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 i mean we did have them here for one season and they produce some gorgeous honey they really like the barrage in our garden and you could really taste it in the honey mm. um so it's really interesting how the flavors that the bees kind of pollinate on are where you know how the honey kind of tastes i guess so yeah interesting and we talk about like the gin tasting can you just kind of give me a sense of like if someone's listening and wants to go on that gin tasting like what to expect like you say it's like two hours three hours is it so the gin school is gin school, sorry, gin school. yeah gin school. so um yeah. kind of incorporates all of our experiences in one package and we kind of split all of those experiences out into kind of one hour or half an hour packages as well so yeah they would come down they would originally um 
come down, get chatting, um, you know, health and safety uh, to start off with, and then a little bit of an introduction to the brand and what we do. Our pillars of science community nature. So science would be our um, our R&D lab where we have lots of cool bits of equipment like the vacuum distillation unit I mentioned but also we have an, a, a rapid aging bath we have a super critical flavor extractor we have um, uh, ice cream machine we have um, centrifuge so all these kind of pieces of equipment that make our spirits very modern um, community is obviously our, our social botanist group and then nature is obviously our garden so then one then we would bring the guys up to the garden weather permitting um, and uh, just give them a, a short tour of the garden. They can also then pick some fresh botanicals that they might want to use to make their drink. They'll come back down then and they'll be kind of introduced to the wall, wall of botanicals. So the jars on the wall will be kind of explained to them. And we've kind of trying to find out what people want to achieve, whether they just want to have a bit of fun and make something kind of a bit silly, or if they want to make something serious that's going to be really good, good for them. I mean, we can always remake anything that they're really happy with. They keep their recipe, it's recorded on a tablet, so they can then send that recipe in and we can reorder it for them and send it out to them. So that's kind of another little, uh, I suppose, add-on, which quite a lot of people like to avail of. At that point, then we'll do a bit of tasting, so they can taste all the different gins as well, and they can see which one they like the best, and then they can say, right, I want to make this. We also check, who do you want to make gin, do you want to make vodka? If you want to make a flavoured vodka, just don't put juniper in it, because that's the only re only thing that will really kind of distinguish it from gin or vodka. Um, as I say, somebody once be once before we put a lot of aniseed, different aniseed ingredients in it, so we had kind of a sambuca type effect. Um, and we also have a tea that can make something that's kind of reminiscent of, of a whiskey. Um, it's obviously can't be a whiskey; it's not laid down for three years. But um, mm. yeah, it's reminiscent of a whiskey flavor. It's like a smoky, smoky tea. Um, so yeah, all of those things kind of explain to people. They then get to go up and measure with their weighing scales all of their ingredients, record them on the tablet, put them into the mini pot still, and then at that point they'll start distilling. So that takes about forty to forty-five minutes. So at that point they get some food because at that point they've had a few drinks. So food is quite important. So we do a charcuterie board. Um, kind of just a kind of a grazing ward for them to, to snack upon. And then they'll go upstairs and make um, go up to the cocktail class. So there's a cocktail kind of element to the to the tour or the experience. And the cocktails then once made will be consumed. Um, and at that point they'll come back down and their 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 bottles should be ready to kind of be bottled. So the, the distillation um, process should be nearly finished or, or just about finished so then they get to bottle and then name their gin so gin or vodka whichever they've made um we've had some great names and we do like to give a prize for the the best name that someone comes up with so we had elton gin we had osama <laughs> gin laden um yeah so a few like that we also have um we've kept some of the glass screens just to protect people from touching the hot stills and they actually work really well. We give people um, a whiteboard, a kind of a chalkboard marker, so they can kind of actually record their recipe on there if they're not wanting to use the tablet. We also might do a quiz at the end so people can use that to write down their answers. If there is a tie break of the quiz, we might get someone to draw a horse or the two tie breaks to draw a horse, whoever gets it. So it's really fun, really interactive. Our hosts are really knowledgeable. Um, there's usually two or three hosts for each session as well. So at the end, there's a Q&A. But yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a really fun and un, un, unusual thing to do, um, I think, for an afternoon. Um, we get we get kind of corporates booking it for team building as well. Um, we have hens, stags, but obviously on a, on a Saturday evening, it's on at six o'clock. We get a groups of twos, threes, fours. It's public, and they all just kind of jo jo join together and sometimes make new friends. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I, I feel like it's like it, it is a team building, or as you say, it's a group kind of setting. 
but you get all sorts of people coming in like you get like like couples local yeah. families all that kind of thing so it's kind of a broad yeah. spectrum at the, on the weekend we'd probably have 25 percent of our our guests would be from overseas yeah. um which is obviously new um for this year um yeah i mean it's getting more and more obvious that people are traveling again um i mean the airport's just mental busy so yeah i mean like you know we we get lots of people kind of that are traveling but we also get lots of people from dublin that are booking in as well like couples wanting to do something different or you know four or five people coming together to, for a birthday that kind of thing so yeah. it really does range from all age groups you know men and women everyone just seems to love to do it and it's um yeah it's just a really nice thing to do um and a bit different i suppose mm. if you're talking local you know i mean like Ireland, we're, we're starting to, Ireland's starting to get into gin, but the UK, much more gin focused. So is that kind mm -hmm. of like, do you notice a difference in, in, in gin tastings, like how people would like pair their gins versus in the UK? Not really. I think the taste, the taste palettes are quite similar. Mm. Um, like we did, we did um, launch our social gin last September with the Craft Gin Club in the UK to 90,000 homes. So, um, you know, all of those people that got that gin were um, given a free tour ticket as well to come and do a distillery tour. So quite often we'll get people coming over from the UK that have had the gin already and love it and then want to buy more. So mm. um, yeah, we're, we're, we're looking for a distributor at the moment in the UK. We've got a few bars that want to stock us. And I was over with Borbia at Meet the Makers in March doing a, an event in the embassy there. Um, and great, great kind of, I suppose, reaction to our products, especially the aperitivos, I guess. Um, you know, they really loved the uh, the Barissimo um, and our new product, which is our Cafe Amaro, which um, is our latest release, which we we kind of created with um, the Dublin Mission star chef, Jordan Bailey and, and Cloud Picker Coffee. Oh, nice. um, that's a, a lovely coffee liqueur. Jordan actually came to us and said, look, I want to only give Irish products um, in our in our restaurant. I'm sure I know that they've finished with Amsha now, but um, and we don't have we can't find an Irish coffee liqueur so would you make one for us so being small and independent we kind of have I suppose a bit more flexibility to do these kind of products projects um and yeah it's, it's it's been really well received and it's now a core product um and loads of bars and restaurants are using it across across Ireland and that's the thing you use more you, you, to get your product out there now um compared to just like selling it like you know all over the world or whatever you just use local bars and restaurants yeah, I mean, we have um, we're, our plans now are to look at exporting at the end of this year. Mm. Um, we're currently recruiting for um, that person to come on board. So the, hopefully that will happen quite soon. It's been a long process, but we're, yeah. I think we're nearly there. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of our plans now is to get off the island of Ireland and to kind of, I suppose, let other people try the products because they are unique and different and you know they're lower in sugar than a lot of the um, counterparts they're much more natural um they're all irish ingredients so um and and also like you know some of the ways we make things are very sustainable for example the coffee in the coffee liqueur some one element of it would be used coffee grinds from local coffee stores that would have just gone either into the bin or or used as compost in our garden so we kind of use use those and repurpose a lot of the um, ingredients from other products that we so we don't we, we try and have a zero food waste um, policy um, and even if we can't use it we will we will give any food waste to the chick the local chicken farmer so we believe he has tipsy chickens but we don't know for sure <laughs> yeah. now uh, okay so you went you're talking about gin um the gin school but for the layman or woman listening in 
you were talking about fusion and pot stills and all. Can you just simplify that to, to explain like what the different types of distillations are so they can understand like how one gin differs to the other? Yeah, I mean, um, how one gin differs to the other is mainly the botanicals um, yeah. and the methods of distillation. So obviously, yeah. you know, our, our gins tend to have, I think, about uh, between about 10, 11 or 12 botanicals. Um, we always use a kind of an element of the vacuum distillation so that's that's the, that's the distillation technique that kind of make, kind of produces a vacuum which takes the flavor out of the botanicals at room temperature so you're getting an essence that's really really different to the pot still which is when you're boiling um the botanicals yeah. and we do do that to a certain extent but most um most distilleries would only really use the, the kind of the traditional methods so we like to do kind of different things and um i suppose as well for the aperitivos, there's a lot more maceration that goes on. So that's really just leaving things in tanks to kind of, I suppose, macerate over, over days maybe. Um, and then making kind of a base from that and, and, and blending it with, with the fruits and things like that that we make. So um, I'm not a distiller, so I don't know the yeah. exact technologies yeah, no, no, of how no, they make no, everything. No, I, I know, the, I know yeah. kind of how it works, um, you know, uh, at a high level. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we like to just any anything's a little bit different. We like to kind of think about. So we have the rapid aging bath that I mentioned earlier. We put some um, oak chips in there at one point and some spirit, and we actually fooled some whiskey heads that we'd made whiskey in two days rather than three years. Mm. So um, you know, all these we obviously the whiskey um, people wouldn't be very happy with that. But yeah. It's just something we just like to we just like to experiment and try different things. I've seen you have a barrel. I won't say barrel claw, but barrel. On, on the website, there's, there's some sort of barrel uh, investment. Thing oh, there. yeah, we've just launched our um, whiskey, I suppose, whiskey cask sales um, project. So that's our Oak Adventurers. Okay. So this um, this is something that's um, only really been launched in the last few weeks. Mm. There's just 100 barrels for sale. Um, yeah. Some of them have already gone. Um, you can basically opt for taking a cask and then after the three or four years, you can then finish it in a different cask. So it's quite a unique offering in that sense, because it doesn't um, I don't think I know of any other kind of company offering that um, around here. So, yeah, it's something a little bit different. Um, you can also do um, I suppose a syndicate with your friends and, and get kind of we're doing a, an option where you can take one twentieth of a cask and then. Um, yeah, we can call it 20 something. I think we're calling it 20 somethings. Um, yeah, just yeah. To be kind of, it's an investment, I suppose, you know, um, obviously with any whiskey, you know, there's, there's a, there's a time to wait for it to be um, ready, mm. but, but, you know, at the end of that, we can either buy it back or you can, you can keep it in and sell it on or whatever and bottle it. Uh, you know, there's lots of options, um, but yeah, that, that, um, that brochure is going to be put up onto the website shortly, but if anybody wants one, um, just email into info at stillgardendistillery.com and we can send that on to you. And you have a hundred in total. Yeah. And what type of casks? What type of old casks are we talking about? Oloroso um, is, is the ones that are going into initially. Um, nice. And then um, I think, like I say, then there's the option to finish in a different in a different cask. So um, the words your oyster on that one, really. Oloroso, 500 litre. I'd need to check on that because that's not my five forte. That'd be nice. That'd be lovely. That's a nice return. That's a nice return investment. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Do, um, do you, would you bottle it as well or how does it work? We can, we can bottle it. So um, mm. we can bottle it for obviously the, the costs of the bottles at, at the time. I mean, bottles, obviously with everything at the moment, things are going, um, 
things are going up in price. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I kind of can give a ballpark figure of bottling because we've already had those questions yeah, um, yeah. and labeling and all that. And it all depends what bottle you want to go for as well. If you want to True. go for something quite um, unusual, then it's going to be more expensive than a bulk standard stock bottle. Um, yeah, and yeah. then if you want to go for foiling on your label and things like that as well, it's, uh, it's a different kind of offering. But yeah, it's, uh, we, can, we can certainly do that. That is a part of the service as well. Cool. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So it's been kind of, um, I suppose, looked after by Daryl McNally. Um, um, so he's ex Bushmills, mm. um, and he um, um, basically came up with the with the kind of project with with my husband Pat, who's um, more of the whiskey person than I would be. I'm more kind of the, the modern Irish spirit side of things. Um, but yeah, it's going to be um, kind of looked after up in Coleraine, um, and. Yeah, it's it's very exciting. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, it's as you said, you're in modern, you're in modern spirits, so you may as well dabble a little bit in other things as well. And it's a nice thing yeah. as well, like investment or a cask um, is a really cool thing to do, especially if you have if you have an option to have more than one person or a few people. It's good. It's good. Uh, it's just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just we kind of got ahead a little bit. We were talking about um, I was talking about like the type of people groups couples whatnot like how do you get like do you, do you work with local travel agents tour operators stuff like that to get people in or is it just word of mouth initially or how, how do you um at the moment we work with um we have a few kind of i suppose of the third party channels like TripAdvisor, get your mm. guide all of those um yeah. we have our own booking um booking engine on our own website which is obviously we try and direct people through our socials from that but um i've also been attending trade shows so i was in killarney for the three-day metal event with fortune ireland there in um in the in in march and then i was also in um the uh, irish tour operators trader show in Kleine as well um so meeting the the tour operators and working with them is, is, is great for us like um it tends to be the next year that that will come through and obviously it's been very stymied with with everything being kind of closed down for for the covid thing so mm. um we 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 do have like um relationships with hotels around um the, the country as well certainly in our in dublin um the concierges association we work closely with them so they've They've been down and had their um, annual meet, uh, their their monthly meetings in our place. Um, we've meeting spaces in in the distillery as well, so people can come and do a meeting and then come and do an experience in the afternoon. So we get quite a lot of team building. Um, I suppose corporates coming down, as I mentioned previously, like Board Beer and Google and Facebook and people like that. The smaller teams have come down and used the space um, for a bit of work and a bit of play. Um, I was going to say about like the. Uh, well, how big is the team? How big is the team in? Um, uh, we've about, I think it's eleven at the moment. Mm. Um, we got a couple of new tour guides join us recently. Yeah. Um, so that's that's cool. Um, and we kind of need enough people to be able to do the offsite festivals as well as do run the onsite experiences at the weekend because that's our busiest time. Um, so yeah, pretty much uh, you know a really kind of well um, experienced team. Um, worked in hospitality for a long time, worked in drinks um, for, you know, for, their, for most of their career. Um, so know kind of what, what they're doing when they're creating the drinks, you know, talk to a group and have um, have a bit of crack with them as well. That's cool, yeah. Now also, so I noticed uh, through my uh, um, research, let's say, um, you, had, you host some comedy, you host some, com some comedy events there yeah. uh, recently. Talk about that. Yeah, well, that was actually an interesting. So Fosh Ireland were doing a promotion last year. It's called Winter in Dublin, and we'll be doing it again this year, mm. trying to, I suppose, 
get events um, I, um, events kind of set up for for people that wouldn't have normally done them in the nighttime. So we um, they, they kind of were supporting events um, throughout. I think it was October, November, December, and January. So we launched our first comedy night in October. Um, went really well. Worked with a great um, MC Sharon Mannion, um, and now we're doing them kind of every two months. Um, we don't want to kind of do them too much. There's a lot of comedy out there, and we we, we obviously want to keep it kind of, I suppose, special. Um, but we like to say, you know, don't go into town, go into core, um, because keeping it local is a lot easier for people as well. If you know, just taxis and things like that. So, yeah. um, and supporting local in, in, industry. And another thing we did with the Fulcher Ireland Nighttime. A winter in Dublin event was our um, Christmas market. So we have the festival area, which is on site next to the distillery. Um, this is where the Happy Days Festival was held last weekend. And it's uh, it's a perfect little spot for, you know, um, a Christmas market or a craft market or any kind of, I suppose, product launch or, or um, you know, summer barbecues, things like that. It holds 120 people, has 20 booths, they're all covered. They all have their own sound system, um, all their own power supply. So it works really well. It's a really versatile space. So you can kind of do lots of different things in there as well. That's cool. Now you're saying like, I would say Happy Days Festival. So you guys are featuring and Rascals or how to work? What, what, what's yeah, so there was 11 breweries and one distillery. So we were oh, the nice. distillery. Um, okay. So yeah, it was really cool. There was DJs, there was events during the day. Rascals were running um, rolling tours for their um, for their brewery tours. We were doing our gin tastings in our place yeah. and uh, some cocktail classes we, we ran as well. Um, yeah, the weather was very kind. There was food trucks as well all the way down the lane. So there was lots of different kind of food to try. So yeah, just a really buzzy, lovely weekend, um, you know, in 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 90% sunshine, let's say. <laughs> Did you get a chance to go over to Miel Flower Festival over in Smithfield? Yeah, we were we were in there. We were we were serving there for the whole five days. So we had yeah. a bar um just opposite the um uh, Julie, Julian um Boyle's um uh, kind of stage um where she was focusing on the spirits in Ireland. So we yeah. got to do our talk on our spirits um there as well. But yeah, it was good fun. Like it was um <clears throat> I suppose it was the first time they'd done it, so it was interesting to see, but great venue. Um great that it was undercover as well because obviously march weather yeah might be the kindest <laughs> or the driest but, a bit uh, nippy yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, no, yeah yeah it's a really good thing as well to do i think they should make that to, uh, like a, a common garden type thing you know i mean it could definitely yeah. be something like that i know it's and like the location is perfect and you can get a lot of people in there there's a lot of different yeah. um you know uh, breweries and distilleries showing off their wares you know mm-hmm. I mean? very good yeah 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 you know we sold we sold a lot of um our spritz drinks there everybody again got to you know some people might not have tried them before were like oh my god these are amazing so it's a really good way for us to kind of showcase our our range of spirits you were saying about uh, different events are you going to go like to any of the music festivals or are you just going to go, go to bloom or yeah festivals yeah like we're in bloom for the five days so we're gearing up for that because that's only a few weeks away now um nice. We are doing um, Forest Fest, um, which is a kind of, um, I suppose, an 80s and 90s music fest um, just down in Emo. Um, we're hoping to do Big Grill. Um, what else? We, we have another one. Yeah, I can't remember now. There's a, there's a few in the pipeline. Um, just I'm actually talking to Body and Soul as well, just cool. to see if there's any availability there. So, yeah, we, we, we want to do festivals because you get to reach, you know, I suppose people that wouldn't normally have known about us we say we don't have a product problem we just have a problem getting our message across because it's a noisy it's a noisy um t- space out there to kind of you know to, to infiltrate especially when you're you know you're not you don't have big pockets like 
Diageo, you know, you're, you're kind of, I suppose, trying to think of clever ways to get yeah. people's attention. Um, one of the ways I think was, I, I would like to say was quite clever was um, for our April Fool. Um, every year we do kind of an April Fool product, but I actually produce, we actually produced it this year. So we did our chicken fillet roll vodka. Um, got <laughs> nice. By, um, yeah, it got picked up by loads of places. Like Radio Nova. <laughs> PJ Gallagher tasted it on, on Radio Nova and um, we had in uh, Love in Dublin do a tasting and Char Foods. Um, so yeah, it was, it really caught the, um, it really caught the imagination of people. Um, and we served it at the Happy Days Festival for the last hurrah. We're like, this is the last time you're going to be able to taste the chicken fillet roll vodka. Um, again, using the vacuum distillation unit, you can get quite unique flavours through into spirits, which you wouldn't be able to get in, in normal traditional pot stills. So it was, it's a really easy way for us to kind of make chicken fillet roll vodka. Or we also did a Krispy Kreme donut vodka just to uh, to balance it out, which is delicious. Yeah, yeah, but it's not Irish though. So like, let's forget about that. Okay? <laughs> yeah, so, true, true, true. <laughs> <you know. laughs> this is very true. But like, it is like a chicken fillet roll when it's done right, man. It's Ireland, you know, we like our snack foods. So I think chicken fillet rolls are really good. I want, did you get a taste? Did you taste that yourself? Of course, yeah. No, I mean, I, I decided on the final flavor. We did, I think, we did about three different iterations. The first one just tasted of bread and lettuce, and we were like, yeah. oh, no. But then finally, <laughs> we got there, and it was like, that is just spot on. Like, it really does taste like chicken fillet. So yeah. that's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Do you have? Um, oh, when, okay. So when you go away, you must you must want to go to these festivals yourself. Or are you too, are you busy? You don't want to be seen like having too much fun. Um, no, absolutely. Um, I. I will go to Bloom myself. I have a day where I do, you know, just do do a personal day. Um, yeah, and yeah. the same for Forest Fest. So um, I actually booked to go to Forest Fest before I asked about having a bar there. Um, so I'm already booked into glamping there, you know, as it was my birthday present. And nice. um, then I was like, who do you want to have our bar? And the guy that was organizing it went, oh, I actually know your products. I love them. Yeah, have a bar. So, um, so, so now we're going down, but obviously I'll, I'll get two of the other guys to man the bar for most of the time and I'll just try and relax and have some time off <laughs> do you uh tell me this do you um where is forest fest again you said it's in emo where's emo or near port leash wow I didn't know it was a place called emo that's brilliant yeah it's just it's actually that the garage before you get to the electric picnic I call it because <laughs> where the Gandon Inn is and, yeah, okay cool there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lots of little festivals going on. I mean, like last year they had in Waterford they had all together, all together. Now I love these. Yeah, I'm yeah. an eighties, like I'm I'm born eighties, but I love eighties music. I think it's a yeah. real vibe. Like you can't not feel, but most eighties music makes you feel good. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Everyone wants to feel good. You know what I mean? So, um, that'll be good fun. Yeah, I'd love. Mm. So Forest Fest. When is it on? What dates? That's a good question. Um, I think it is on. It is on July the third weekend in July. Cool. Oh, lovely. I'll look into that one myself. Yeah. I want to go to a festival because I, I, my missus wants to go to um, a festival in Belgium, but I just can't get there. It's just too much logistic hassle to get yeah. there at the moment. But if I can go somewhere local, I'd love to because there's so many festivals popping up and you just don't know about. I know over in like, you know, Blessing and Knock and Stock and all these festivals yeah. like that, you know, and it's more local uh, focus bands. You know, there's yeah. so many small bands out there with like, interesting names i'd say um but you know they just have <laughs> they have interesting names but they just uh it's good to like just get people on stage who performers musicians comedians stuff like that and just have a good time you know yeah absolutely yeah it's interesting you know 
I was gonna I was gonna ask you about like trends. Have any have you seen any trends? Okay, chicken fillet roll hasn't taken off just yet, but uh, <laughs> any, any we don't trends? want we don't want to be known as the chicken fillet roll distillery, <laughs> so we're, we're veering away from that. Definitely seen trends, and this is why we've re, re, I suppose produced our mid range um, or or I suppose mid ABV spirits because mm. there's there's a real trend to low and no, yeah. um, and we we feel the no is not for us because it's quite a, a saturated market, but we felt the low was was an opportunity for us to get into mm. so all of our aperitivos would be in that range as as in the 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 low but we also produce a thing called give and take which we give the flavor and take the alcohol so it's a 22 percent botanical spirit which can be used exactly like gin but we can't call it gin so yeah. um i drink that at home um with a nice tonic and it tastes to me like a gin and tonic um but you're not drinking you're, you're half the alcohol in it so um, that's just been taken on, um, that and Barissimo has just been taken on by Super Value, uh, that went into stores this week, so we're very excited about that, um, so we're going to be doing a lot of tastings around the Super Values, um, cool. so look out again on our socials if you want to come and taste some of our drinks for free in one of the Super Values, um, I think we're doing one this Saturday in SunDrive, so that cool. would be um, something, um, you know, to try out, um, yeah, we, we kind of look look at um maybe expanding the range in in the super values once we once we get in the door but they're they're very keen because they like our sustainability they like our local mm. they like our independent and they like it's not full strength yeah exactly and yeah. no, there is a lot of that i mean um yeah ireland's not known like for like no alcohol but low alcohol definitely is yeah isn't, uh, or, or even you know you know a different way of looking at it you know it's always you know, I work in the industry as well. So drink responsibly is always my, my love. Yeah, you can't exactly. be saying, yeah, get wasted. No, you know what I mean? So and if, you, if you're not much a drinker, low alcohol, you'll still enjoy it. Or no alcohol, you'll also enjoy it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. So I'm going to wrap it up very shortly. You've been uh, lovely to talk to, like to learn about your story. And again, as you said, like you were talking about, you know, how you started off still garden and there's so much to offer. Um, so the website, just one more, th or a few more things. Uh, website again, so people can find you. So it's stillgardendistillery.com. Cool. Lovely. And there's lots um, of different uh, options there. Tastings, tours. Yeah, you, you kind of have the either going into the shops. So we have a web shop with beautiful gift mm. boxes and gift sets that you can buy online and send to your friends with a message. We also do a personalized bottle of gin. So you can actually send, like, say, for example, someone's getting married or engaged. You can put their name on the label, uh, put a little message on the side of the label. Um, and that's really nice and unique kind of way of, of giving someone a, a present. Yeah. Uh, and then the other side is booking the experiences. So come down, meet with us. All of our gift sets, um, just as an aside, come with tour tickets. So everybody that gets a gift set gets one of our bottles, gets glassware, gets mixers, and then two tour tickets. So it's it's a really nice um, set to get and give to someone um, or just give to yourself if you're feeling spoiling yourself. You know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> now, I was going to finish it off. So I like to want to get to know a bit more about you and just kind of what you like, especially like living in Dublin, I guess, for the last many years so what okay let's just ask you today what's your favorite local pub in Dublin um I would say uh the, my local pub is at 57 the headline they're, okay. they're great supporters of our brand too and they're good friends of ours nice. um especially around the corner from where we live but okay. I also love like Camden Exchange as another local um and then um Dudley's on Thomas Street as well Okay, nice. Good choice. Um, sure, there's lots of options there. <laughs> We've got many pubs <laughs> in this town. <laughs> there's so many options in Dublin, to be honest. It's hard to say. I could go on forever. But yeah. yeah, yeah. What's your favourite food joint, your favourite food place? 
Uh, the Richmond um, restaurant on Richmond Street there is my favourite. It's consistently good. Um, I don't go there that often because they're always booked out, but um, I just love the food in there. And um, yeah, it's just, just like I say, consistently good for, for kind of a fine dining experience, I guess. Okay, so what's your favourite street food? Street food? Um, I... I Ooh, that's a good one. I don't, it's a hair I we go to we go to Neon quite often, you know, Neon on Camden Street there. Um the would that be classified as street food? I um it's more of like what you're talking about, the trailer sort of thing. You like if you do you like a burrito, do you like a pizza, do you like Oh, I see what you mean. No, I, I, a taco then for me yeah, would be taco. my favourite. Yes. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yes, yes. Okay, so uh, you know, of course you love Dublin, sunny Dublin, but uh, what's your favourite holiday destination? Uh, probably Nurka. Um, love going there because nice. it's quite it's quite nice, not too busy, lots of independent shops and restaurants, not like full of kind of I suppose the big stores. Um, people are lovely um, and just have loads of lovely memories for family there as well. Cool. Okay, well, a few more, a few more. We're getting on a roll here. Okay, what's your favorite <laughs> TV series? My favourite TV series. <laughs> just started watching Colin, Colin from Accounts. I absolutely love it. Have you watched it? No. What what what's that on? Oh my god, it's brilliant. It's on um, RT Player. It's about. I'm not going to tell you what it's about. Just watch it. But it's really okay, funny. Okay, it's okay. an Australian comedy. Um, right. It's my favourite one at the moment because literally just started watching it and we're just, I'm just addicted. So I'll probably end up watching all of it. Um, I'm a massive listener of books, so okay. um, I'm I'm pretty much read. Or I can't say read, but I, I love the way it gives my eyes a rest because I'm at the computer all day. So I do listen yeah. to books on Audible um, throughout my drive to work um, and, you know, when I'm relaxing in the evening. So, um, and I do like um, murder mysteries. So kind of, yeah, my husband is always thinking I, if I needed to get rid of him, I'd know all the ways to do it because I <laughs> books about it. <laughs> Did you see Knives Out? Did you enjoy that? Yes. Yeah. On Christmas Day. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't get Daniel Craig's. I do declare. I, I could not get his. <laughs> I, his. I don't know. Was he? Was he? Was he like uh, some Colonel Sanders kind of thing? I don't know. What I think was. so. Yeah. yeah. I think. I think the first one was better than the Glass Onion. Was a little bit. Yeah, it was a little bit. Yeah. Before, you can kind yeah. of. You, you couldn't read. You couldn't figure out who was who done it in the first one. Yeah. Ah, there's a couple of a couple of uh, a couple of people you think you might have done it, and you, you probably nailed it a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one one last one for the road. Okay. What's your favourite drink outside of gin? Uh, uh, it has to be a glass of Albarino. And I, I'm not much of a culture drinker when it comes to these <laughs> drinks. What is an Albarino? <laughs> the white wine is Spanish <laughs> white wine. It's just, uh, it's just delicious if it's cold and crisp and just yeah, very nice wine. Okay, what what region does that come from? Whereabouts in the world? Um, it's, it's Spanish, um, but I don't know where in Spain to be honest. Okay, you maybe look like a fool there. It's okay, Vicky. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'll keep that in for, for fun. Uh, <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, I'll definitely get down to Still Garden someday because yeah, do let us know when you're coming down. I'll give you the VIP tour. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, um, and uh, have a good day, and I'll I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay, brilliant. Nice talking to you. Take <laughs> care. Thanks, Vicky. Cheers. 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 Bye. Bye. Cheers. And that was Vicky Bird. Oh, that was it was very interesting to hear her story. I wanted to know. I was I'm a curious person. I want, want to know about like stories and where we're from. But not just that. It's kind of like why she started into you know starting up an independent distillery or distillery in Dublin and Inchicore as well. If you, if you know Inchicore, 
um, it's not quite city centre. So that was an interesting point of view and really looking at local community and then building on that and getting her um, her gin or spirits out there further afield. Um, once again, I hope you enjoyed this show. My name is Shane. This is Heartlines. This has been episode 71. We're trucking along. Uh, it has been... I had a lot of fun with that interview. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you've liked that, please leave me a, a review somewhere, wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, you can follow me on Heartlines just to continue on follow, following my journey of um, for this season, the beverage industry. And once again, I hope you enjoyed the episode. And remember, you're always welcome here on Heartlines. Take it easy. And... <laughs>